Before we start this episode of the Sports Bar with the awesome Arash Marakazi from the Los Angeles Times, I would just like to point out that this was recorded probably around two weeks ago in June. So apologize earlier for the later references. All right, enjoy the sports bar. I know I did. party people welcome back to that sports bar that song is baby come back by player uh, for all of you youngins out there that don't know <laughs> it is an old it is an old song well that introduces my next guest who needs no introduction mr arash marakazi second time on the podcast we're so blessed to have him who do i podcast uh guest i mean is it an illustrious list yeah there's only three okay yeah you are one of three so yeah yeah i um haven't had a lot of repeat offenders on on the pod so that's awesome i I did a good job good enough job or just during the pandemic you don't have anyone (laughs) okay i'll take the positive yes let's go let's go with the latter no it's i mean it is twofold i definitely have um (laughs) have had a struggle because nobody wants to leave i actually had to do my first zoom call my first zoom interview with um uh with my buddy ashanti uh who you know ashanti went to westchester yeah and uh so he was he was like definitely in lockdown like was not leaving his apartment like left his apartment twice a day if that and was only so he can go get food or if he had to go just work out. Um, other than that, he didn't even, he hasn't even visited family. Wow. Like, yeah. Like at least you've been able to go and see your, and see I, your family. Uh, right. You know, well, cause I spent the first, I want to say three months, almost three months with them. And then I was like, once things like opened up here, I was able to come back and, um, and now that, you know, listen, you can go get testing. Thankfully in Los Angeles County, it is not a struggle. And I would encourage everyone if they want to get tested to get tested. So, like we begin, I think we will touch on this in the podcast. Like I went to Vegas, like I got tested before Vegas, like during Vegas, and then when I got back from Vegas. So, yeah, yeah, I mean they had to take those precautions, which we yeah. will definitely get to. That was going to be towards the end of my, um, towards the end of the pod before game game time. Way, but is this podcast? Does it have a social media handle? Yes, because it, I should take a picture. The way you're holding that podcast, like you're, <laughs> like, like you're about to do like a set, like in terms of like you're about to freestyle. <laughs> I'm just my microphone is on the table. You are holding it. Like, so here's the reason why is because oh, if you notice, yours has three prongs. Oh, yours has two prongs. That's not gonna work. <laughs> so like, mine I actually can't sit. Your, uh, shtick and it's no. because you don't have a, an extra <laughs> leg for your microphone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, but so I actually brought, um, you, you're talking about coming back from Vegas, but the reason why I picked baby come back, um, was because I wanted to ask you when the fuck are sports coming back? Well, thankfully we now have a time frame and a timeline, which we did not have before. I think this was all something that we were thinking at some point in the future, but thankfully July, July is shaping up to be at least the month where teams begin their training camp, begin their season. And this summer is shaping up to be the most hectic sports summer of all time because you're just going to have a ton of sports happening during this month that we don't know no, that we don't normally happen. So hockey is going to come back, the NBA is going to come back, soccer is going to come back. I bet you Major League Baseball, depending on when you post this, I'm going to look smarter or dumb. But like I, I think <laughs> they, they they have to come back. So you're going to have a summer where you have the, the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals, the MLB. Um, the NFL, Major League Soccer, WNBA, like like every sports league will play this summer. 
Well, so I'm actually just quasi interested because I just was watching ESPN last night. This is why I didn't get a lot of sleep. Um, I was watching the WNBA and normally they'd be in season at this yeah. current moment in time, but they're going to do a 22 game season, yeah. which sounds incredibly short. Um, short yeah. yeah. Um, I'm wondering how are they going to do that as well as like do playoffs and yeah. like how short, like that's a really, really short so season. To, so to your point of shortness, the, the MLB is a 162-game season, yes. which is why they celebrate the way that they do when they make the playoffs. Everyone's like, why do they do champagne celebration? Well, they played 162 games. That's not even accounting for the 40 spring training. I mean, they've yeah. played a ton of games. They're talking about playing a 60-game season or a 50-game yeah. season yeah. or even like less than that. So sports during the pandemic will be like you going grocery shopping. You're going to make a list of like what you absolutely need. And you're going to go in there, and you're trying to get get it out as fast as you can. So they're going to go into the season, play 22 games, have a quick playoffs, and then you're done. Because what they want to have happen, they know they're not going to get tickets. They're not going to get concessions. They're not going to get parking. They're not going to get all that. But they would like to get the TV money, and they would like to crown a champion. Certainly for these leagues that, that have played you know, the majority of the season, it's like, We've played 66 games in the NBA. Like, let's crown a champion. Like, we have an idea of who the top teams are. Mm-hmm. They've played. They've had a camp. They've had preseason. They've had 66 games of a regular season. Like, let's have a, a champion. So, um, and again, they want to get it done as quickly as they possibly can. Okay, that's fair. Again, my question, though, is... I get that they want to do it as quickly as possible. So yeah. are they going to do it within those 22 games? Are there, is there going to be like 10 more games? Season. Right. And then 10 more games? Or and are they going to playoffs? Will, I think for all these leagues, playoffs will be like, you know, them well, they'll, they'll be in a neutral venue, but it'll be like, you, you know, them. So WNBA will have a 22 game season from what I understand. And then have a postseason that is very similar, like a regular postseason, but there's no home and like go away. Um, it's Which just going to be at a neutral site, neutral or all site. and all these games are going to be at a neutral site. Yes, I take it, right? Exactly. Okay, okay. And I would like to see them, and I know this is like you should just be happy that they're playing games. Like I would like to see them bring like their home courts. Like if the Sparks have home field home court advantage, you know, I would like to see them have like the Sparks home court there, just because you want to have some semblance of normalcy. Because on television, you know, if if you have a tight view of the court, like at least it looks like they're playing a home game there. Um, and I'd be curious what you think. So I haven't, I have not minded the piped in crowd noise. Now I like the option. Apparently what they're going to do is have piped in on one channel just cause there's not a lot of live sports. And then on a second channel, you, you can have like the no piped in and this is what it sounds like. I actually like piped in sound. It, it, it makes me feel like I'm watching a game. The thing that I will say about non piped in is that you can hear coaches. Yeah. You, you know, talking to players, players, you know, trash talking. So I would like to see, um, I like the option of having both. I like the option of having both. I would love kind of that, um, Phil Mickelson, um, tiger, you know, concept where they mic'd up everybody and they kind of talked to them during the game. That would be awesome. Cause I love, that was extraordinarily entertaining, but I understand the logistics and it would be hard. I don't think you could talk to them during the game because as you know, as like, like that would be distracting. No, definitely. I'm like, even, it would even be even cooler if like they were off to the side, you know, and then talking to them, like, you know, media talk, being able to talk to them that way. So then that way they're socially distant. They didn't have, they don't have to worry about, you know, um, the six feet apart. Uh, issue. Um, I did love that golf match. It was I, great, I, right? You know, we don't have a lot of sports and it's like a low bar. There are certain things during this pandemic that I think will carry on. Um, you know, that's one of them. Um, QR codes, which I really have learned to love is one of them. In Manhattan Beach specifically, I was just like outside thinking like, they got to figure out a way. Like, this is such a great community for like seating sitting outside and having food and drink. So there'll be some things that we take. We need fans. I think it's so cliche to say fans are the best. We are the best fans. Fans are so important. Fans are the difference between feeling like you're doing a practice match or game and like an actual big game. Definitely. So we, that'll be the one part that we're going to have to deal with right now, but fans will come back at some point. I'm cautiously optimistic. We're going to get 
a drug and a therapeutic and a vaccine and all that. So this is when I say new normal, it's a short term new normal. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. I mean, from your lips to God's ears, I'm like really, yeah. really, you know, like, yeah. no, definitely. I, I a hundred percent agree with you on that one. Um, speaking of fans, there were obviously no fans at the event that you covered. Um, which was in Vegas. And before we even get to UFC and um, the actual fight that happened and all the noise and et cetera, or lack thereof, um, talk about Vegas. I know you've been asked this 8 million times. You know, you like, I feel every single time, like, <laughs> like we always sit down and we chat, like I'm reiterating what somebody has already asked you. Um, but Vegas, well, it was surreal, you know, because I knew – well, so for a sports reporter, the cool thing was two things were happening at the same time. Com- combat sports were returning to Las Vegas at the very moment that the Las Vegas Strip was finally coming back. So it closed March 17th, and that Thursday, which was really the beginning of Fight Weekend, if you've ever covered combat sports or no combat sports, Thursday is sort of like the beginning of Fight Week. So I'm like, wow, I can cover two things at once. So – it was surreal to go to the Cosmopolitan on Thursday at 9 a.m. and for them to say, it's closed, we will be back up and like opening our doors at 10 a.m. A, that's weird to hear from a hotel, period. B, in Las Vegas, they don't have locks on the doors, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it was just surreal. And so like my job there was twofold. It was to not only cover the sports that were returning to Las Vegas, but the returning of the Las Vegas Strip. And again... It was just half of the strip. So on that Thursday, it was Cosmo, Bellagio, the, the MGM Grand, New York, New York, Caesars, Harris, and maybe a couple of others. So essentially, half the strip was still closed. Um, but it was so surreal because it was like, they're still trying to figure it out. Because what I wrote about, and I really feel bad because like a lot of my friends in Las Vegas said, like, you made us look bad. And I said, well, well what it was is I, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing yet. I'll give you an example. At the Bellagio... If you're checking into the Bellagio, you go left, and they check your temperature, and you check into your hotel. But if I just want to gamble, you're not going to check my temperature. Well, at some point in time, these two people will will cross paths, (laughs) which is the essential reason that people have been quarantining, because you're going to, you know. Right. So you're going to check the temperature of the people who are checking in, but you're not going to check the temperature of the guy going to the bar or the casino. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I mean, again, like you said, they're just still trying to figure it out. Um, I did... Um, read part of your article too and you were just talking about how like the pool is yeah. not social distancing like there's people are just you know and I also think that people are just kind of over this whole entire you yeah, know quarantining yeah. and pandemic and I don't think it's necessarily that they're trying to be irresponsible and they're trying to spread the you know virus if they have it it's just that like you can only cage in something that's supposed to be free for so long yeah. like two months two to three months of staying in inside and being socially distant and re- and responsible and not going out and not doing your normal activity. Like I went to yoga for the first time yesterday and it was glorious. (laughs) I was so excited to like, and it was so sad because like, and they did their, they did their best to social distance and like do what you can in, you know, a small proximity with one another. So there was only four people in the class. The instructor didn't adjust you and she was behind a glass case, like to show you that. So it was, they were definitely doing the right thing and I couldn't rent a, a mat towel because, okay. you know, that's obviously like they took their renter's license away for them to do that because, yeah. you know, you never know, you know, is it thoroughly cleaned and whatever and, you know, not according to health department regulations, I guess, or whatever. And the, and everything is changing day by day, you know, like you just never know. But people want a sense of normalcy. People want, and that's probably the reason why people at the pool were like, screw this. Like, I'm going to go and sit next to my friend who like I came here with and I'm going to go into this pool. Like, who cares? Like, let me be, you know? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, what it was in Vegas was that if if you cared about the pandemic at some point in time, like back in March, like there came a point where either you stopped caring or what we have to understand is that people get their news from different places. And so there is places where you can get your news where people are essentially saying this is not that big of a deal. Now, I'm not saying whether you should agree or not. What I am saying is that the unique thing about Las Vegas right now, or at least that first weekend, 
is that if you're outside the casino door at 10 a.m. on a Thursday waiting to get into the casino, there's a really good chance that you do not think COVID-19 is that big of a deal. Or, or you're just not that concerned. Because I, it's not like I just saw young people there. I saw people who were older. I saw like, you know. So these are people who have come to terms with the fact that, you know what? I did my part for three months and now I'm ready to like live my life. The unique thing, and this was sort of the most, uh, I guess, surprising thing for people was that the Cosmo was sort of like the youngest hotel mm-hmm. in lieu of like, there's no nightclubs, there's no day clubs, there's no strip clubs in lieu of sort of like that sort of fun for a young person the cosmo casino floor was like packed with young people and 99 percent of them were not wearing a mask and because it was packed like they're definitely not keeping six feet apart so it was amazing that a two-minute video of me just literally walking the casino floor which it was not an exciting video it's not like something crazy happened it was just what made it unique or kind of interesting to people was that you would have thought that video was shot in 2019 Right. It was shot that Thursday. And so it's 17 million views, which is still, I've never had anything like that. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. yeah that's a lot. Got picked up by everybody. And so it was one of those things where like, wow, okay, like let's track where these guys are at in two months. And the unique thing about it is that the majority of the people on that casino floor are obviously not from Las Vegas. They're from California, in Arizona, whatever. And we have seen Las Vegas uptick, Vegas, uh, uh, Phoenix, Los Angeles. Like they've all seen like... But by the way, like that's gonna happen. You you right. you, you test more and you like open everything up. So yeah, it was a, it was a very unique experience because every mundane thing that would not be a big deal, I was like texting my friends. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to the gym. Oh my god, I'm going to get a haircut. Oh my god, I'm going to like. Oh, I'm so jealous right. you had a haircut. Yeah, <laughs> I have not done in three months. I was yeah. like, you can do it. But and by the way, like most of that stuff you can now do here too. So yeah. yeah, no, I mean, well, so I'm looking forward to the day because I still, my nail place isn't open yeah, and like yeah. That. And then my, uh, you know, Wait, I guess a, a massage parlor and a tattoo parlor can be, a, can be yeah, open. But, but yeah. Nail is like the last. Apparently, I, that, yeah. Cause I guess it's like, they have like those yeah. levels, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess they're like level four or something. I was wondering cause I was like, they wanted me to go back to Las Vegas July 1st. Cause July 4th weekend, the strip will be fully open. Oh wow. Okay. All those places that were not open will be open by July 4th weekend. And uh, as a side note, I was wondering like what stage is the strip club? Like, is that, because that'll be, listen, just as a reporter, I'm not talking as someone who's going to like partake in this. Um, I, I want to know like what stage is that? That's stage hey, we are in a judgment free zone here on the sports bar. <laughs> Do you want to go to a strip club? Um, I, was, I can recommend a ton in Tampa. Stage, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. No, no, no. But, def- but definitely what stage is it at? Where, where is it an essential? Because technically if they serve food, well, if they serve alcohol, like if that's been known as essential. Is open. If I have my jeans on and oh, another person has their uh, clothes on and, you know, like that, that should technically by CDC and WHO <laughs> be okay. So we'll see. That'll be my part two of my story that you'll be able to read at some point. I'll love that. I love that actually because <laughs> I I want to know. I want to know what what know. what do you deem as essential? Because yeah. you know, liquor stores can be open. That was from day and, one. And that was from day one. <laughs> Weed stores can be open. Yeah. And that was from day one. And I get it. It's medication for some people. Yeah. But like, let's get real. We live in California. It is recreational people. Like yeah. it is, you know, it just it is what it is. And at a certain point, you have to like sit there and be like, is this really necessary? Let's continue and keep going to the actual fight in and of itself. Yeah. You um, you did cover the whole entire thing. So I do want to get down with this and um, because we are the sports bar. Mm-hmm. Um, most exciting fight that you got to watch. Well, Cody Garbrandt's knockout came out of left field. I mean, his, it was uh, – it was – the end of the round, I think it was the first round, if not the second, I think it was the first round. But anyway, it's like for him to to score a knockout victory in that manner um, was one of the most exciting moments I'd ever seen. And I've been covering UFC for quite some time, which really made it kind of interesting to me that there was no crowd. Because normally if we're at T-Mobile Arena, mm-hmm. um, you'd have 20,000 people losing their minds. This one, I was one of only three media 
by the cage. There was 20 more media back in the tent at the press conference room. Okay, yeah, talk on that really quick okay, because so, I, w- I want to know, like, yeah. you can see it on camera, but yeah. you can't really, really get the depth of what's going on, yeah. you know, in that in that area. Like, the fact that there's only a certain amount of media allowed in, like, near the cage, and then there's only a certain amount of media allowed, you know, yeah. in the media room, etc. So, at the training facility, you can only have so many people there, and I was deemed as one of the three media people that could be cage-side. And then you have whatever, the timekeeper and the official and the judge and whatever. I mean, there's only, it's probably 20 or so people like around the cage. Um, and then you would have 20 or so media people in the tent. So they've been tested as well, but. And everybody has masks on. Like everybody yeah. is like, are they six feet apart or is this like. Well, they should be, but in the press conference room, they really weren't. But, okay. Um, apparently they, 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 they were in Florida, but. In Vegas, I'm assuming that was only the case because we we were um, we were all tested. What happened if I did test positive? Because then I said, because I was going to be there for a week. I did PBR, top rank boxing, and was also covering like the opening of the strip. And so like I'm like, I'm here for a week, and so if I'm testing positive, I'm going to have to quarantine. But like, am I going to have to quarantine at the Cosmo for two weeks? A week? I mean, I. I I did not want to go down that pathway of like if I tested positive. I mean, fortunately, it all worked out. I you know, didn't, so, but, but... I was that, you know, because what does that Pandora's box look like? Like, mm-hmm. what, like, do I have to tell the hotel that I'm staying at? I'm sure they, they probably don't want me to come back. I mean, and I don't blame them if I did test positive. Right? Where would you have to quarantine where after would that? I have to go, like, yeah. I, I flew there. Like, do I have, would I have to drive back now? And where, I, there were so many questions. Mm-hmm. And I just did not want to have. <laughs> I didn't want to go down. And I had a friend meeting me there. I'm like, do I have to just tell my friend? Either you can come, but you have to hang out by yourself. I don't know. Right. A lot going on. I mean, again, fortunately, we didn't have to, you know, those questions got answered and they were, yeah. I mean, it was weird to say that, but it was just, yeah. No, no, that's totally fair. Um, Going back to um, to the actual fight, most disappointing fight. That you were just like super amped, you're like this is going to be great. You know I, there was no disappointing fight. It was amazing because the the cage is smaller. There were five first round knockouts, which we hadn't seen in yeah at least two years. I like that. There's no you know uh, Amanda Nunes. I felt was like she she should have won at, the, at in the first round. Or something. <laughs> I just think she's such a great fighter, and she's at a point in her career where she wants a challenge or she wants to like. So it went to a decision, and it didn't need to go to a decision. Mm. But I mean, I don't want to say disappointing because she's the goat. Right. I just felt like I think she just she had not been in the cage for a while. She doesn't know when she's going to come back. She may even like retire. So she she kept that fight going longer than I would have liked. But that's not her fault. Okay. <laughs> 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 this is my favorite part. Right. That leads us to college sports. I know you like that, Arash. Sure yeah. Fight on, people. Fight on. Um, so college sports has been so up in the air, down the air. Um, there's been a lot of controversy going on just with college sports in general. Um, and then tack on the pandemic. Yeah. You know, um, not going to go into the Black Lives Matter thing unless you want to. Um, but I mean, I do think it's important, you know, of course, at a school like USC, um, you know, I uh, am very curious at how they do in that moment in time. They've they've really been in the thick of everything, whether you go back to 1966, whether you go back to 1992, whether you go right now to 2020. And um, 
you know, I have the confidence in this to, you know, as someone who taught there, I am so proud of the student body there. They're, 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 they're so smart. So I'm very, I'm interested how they use their platform, how they use this time and how they use where they live. Cause it's a unique place that obviously looks different now as, as opposed to 92, as opposed to 1966. So I mean, it's we, probably different from when you, from when, when you there, even yeah, went there, Yeah, yeah. you know? And so, you know, when I, when I lived there, um, and as someone who's Persian, it's a little bit different, but they were like, we don't recommend that you like live off campus. And I was never not comfortable, but I, I understood why certain people would not be comfortable going far off campus. Right. So it was one of those interesting moments where you're like, this is like a great university, but it's located in a part of the town where certain people are, are not comfortable going, ah, okay, don't go too far off campus. And I get it, but it was, um, I think when you're in that environment, you learn so much about the world in different cultures. And I, you know, because I always tell my friends, I'm like, listen, you know, you go to USC, you're going to become friends with someone who's uh, who's black, white, Chinese, uh, you know, uh, uh, Persian, Persian, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't matter where. And so I, I that's one of the things I, I always encourage people, like, just don't hang out with like everyone that just like looks like you. Right. Hang out with like a variety of people because like the, the, they're all at USC. So you, at least you have that in common. Yeah, you have that in common that you're going to this great school. But like, um, you know, think outside the box. And that's the you know again not a knock on sororities and fraternities. Like I never wanted to join one. Like I actually did want to go to like all their parties, but like not be, like <laughs> I'm a part of this frat. Or, right. You know, so, yeah. Um, no, I mean I definitely get the you know security and the safety factor. Yeah. Um, I actually had neighbors who. Uh, my first apartment by myself was 19. Um, it sounds so bougie, but it was in Manhattan. <laughs> it was in Manhattan Beach. It sounds so bad. Like well, first said, apartment. You know, but what I appreciate about you is that you have been a part of this community in Manhattan Beach for such a long time because there was, you know, as if I for a different podcast, there was a moment where like there was like like a shift where the community that you remembered it being like became this, you know. Because yeah. I was just talking to a photographer and he's like. I almost bought a place on Highland and not too far from us, like for like $600,000. Like that house that yeah. was like 2.5 million, you know? So yeah. there was a moment in time, which is what's happening in the downtown as well. Right. Obviously. Right. And so back in the day, when back in the day, 2000, <laughs> back in the day, you know, um, I mean, it's in double digit figures. Yeah, so how crazy is there that? Was a time, okay. So there was a time where I was teaching at USC where I'm like, I'm like one of the young professors. I'm like, Nah, you're like 40 and you, you know, you were here like 16 years ago. So <laughs> you're, you're not that young. But but a time where like there was really nowhere else to go in downtown because yeah. it was just closed. Like there was no places you can go. And so um, now that's different. Like downtown is hip and you got lofts and you got all these other places. And so, um, but I um, interrupted you only because like no, Manhattan no. Beach was... It definitely is thought of that now, but I'm sure 20 years ago it wasn't. It was like it was by the beach, but it was more like a sleepy town by the beach. There wasn't all these like you know high end restaurants and bars and things like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, if anybody's ever been to the South Bay and specifically the two Manhattan Beach, like MB Post didn't exist. Places like the bougie places were Mangiamos, and (laughs) I know I knew you were gonna laugh at that. The bougie, those are the bougie places, but those exactly, are the yeah. those are the places where you went to or Cafe Pierre, which doesn't exist anymore. It's where Love and Salt is, yeah. but like Cafe Pierre was like the bougie place. Like, and you went to, like for me personally, like I would go to Hollywood or I would go to I don't know if you've ever been to Providence. Yeah. Um, I went, which has taken a step down as you know, food culture has expanded in LA. Yeah. Um, there was no such thing. Like I didn't know what a Michelin star restaurant okay. was, you know, until I moved to New York. Like I had no clue about any of that stuff. So um, I definitely grew up a beach town kid who was just like, I'm going to go to LBJ, get a, um, get a special C for all those locals out there that know it was literally $5 when I was a kid. It was two bean and cheese burritos, chips and salsa and a soda. Awesome. And it was like five bucks. And so that's where you went to go and get food. So like for me, I'm like, I'm just going to go to the Mexican restaurant over here. And like, it. that's why a lot of people like not knocking on ponchos whatsoever, because it's a lot of fun yeah. to go to, but like, I'm not going to spend $20 on a enchilada meal that I can go up the street and get it for, you know, $7. Yeah. Like, so it's just, 
that's that's kind of the that was the original culture at least for me um and yeah you had some people sprinkled here and there that were wealthy but it, it was so few and far between yeah you're right you had the people that you had like the engineers from Boeing and those are the people with money yeah. and that was it <laughs> like yeah. and maybe you had like a couple like one percenters but that was this definitely was a sleepy town it was definitely you know a good place to raise your family and like it I don't know I mean I don't want to do a back in my day kind of, you know, no, scenario and speech, but it, you know, it is. Yeah. It's like lives here now. Like I, I, I always like talking to you and to some other people like, what, like I, I'm always fascinated by like, what was like the turning point, you know, like, like, like how did it become like sleepy town to like, you know, Oh, like this is like the, the place to be. Kind right. Of thing, you know? I think personally to answer that question and then we'll move on from there. Yeah. But like, I think personally it happened when Hermosa, um, became a promenade. So in 19, 19- so in 1999, which is, um, the year I graduated high school, um, the pier, you can actually park on the pier in Hermosa. Okay. And so they decided Hermosa pier or Herm- the city of Hermosa decided to change it to a promenade, kind of like Santa Monica promenade where you wow. would like in 99. In 99 yeah. So like in 99, all of a sudden it like changed. And that was like, for me personally growing up, it was super weird because like there's always parking available in Hermosa. And like, I remember growing up, like I would go to camps, like church camps and stuff. And I would tell people I'm from Manhattan beach. And they're like, why did you come all the way from New York just to go to a camp in California? Cause there is a Manhattan beach in, in New York. And that's technically what this city was named after. Um, but then I would have to explain, no, I'm 15 minutes away from LAX. Like I live two seconds away from the airport. I live in like this small little beach community. Like it's really not that far from here. Like I only had to drive X amount of hours to get here. Um, and it was just, you're right. It was that sleepy town. It was like very, very just quintessential beach town where people came I guess to escape or to mm-hmm. just, you know, just to come and relax and like leave the hus- hustle bustle, so to speak, you know? Um, Can I ask you one follow up? Yeah, of course. Well, Typical I mean, journalist. Exactly? <laughs> I think people are going to enjoy the outside table so much, especially when you're like looking at like the pier. So, Mohanjiano, Strand House, a few of these places have what I think will be like the best seating uh, situation in the city. Do you, do you think that that's short term? Do you think that there's even a scenario where post pandemic they're like, Hey, this is just so great. Like, can we keep it? I I mean, I want to be optimistic and say that they'll keep it, (laughs) but but (laughs) yeah, like they're, they're going to make, um, just because I do work in restaurants and I do know, um, yeah. yeah, Um, there, I have the feeling that they'll do it for now. And then if they want to keep it, they're going to be like, you need to pay us a lot, a lot, a lot of yeah. money in order to keep that, you know, little mini patio. In particular, because um, Arthur J's has a very nice setup, but the ones that have like a pier view and a right. sunset view, I mean, my goodness, I, I, I just, the tables weren't there when I went, but I, 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 I kind of stood where the tables will be. And I'm like, right. this, is good. this is like the best place to have dinner in the city. So yeah, no, I mean, we'll it'll be, it, it would definitely be awesome if, um, you know, you've been here for the fireworks mm-hmm. and you've been oh, here for, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, you could try, I mean, they could probably, depending on what they have to pay the city for that on those particular holidays. Yeah. They'll know. make up for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I think that that's definitely going to be, you know, something that in the future restaurants will just sit there and be like, you know, what, let's bite the bullet and let's just, you know, take, take the, not necessarily the fine, but like, let's, you know, expand, especially places like Strand House, mm-hmm. places like um, Rock and Fish, yeah. places like Manhattan Beach, um, uh, places like Brewing Company, because yeah. they're all owned by the same owner. So they could actually afford to sit there and be like, let's just bite the bullet and just, you know, make our money mm-hmm. kind of thing, because they know that they'll, you know, be compensated. Yeah. Um, I think those are the ones that are going to be okay with doing it. Shellback, probably not so much. No. They're probably not going to care because they're going to make money regardless. Um I'm trying to think of other places. I mean, like Hennessy's, they'll probably do it because yeah. they, again, they have the money, uh, kind of. Because I, there's some places that this helps them more. Strand House already has the views. Yeah. Now, but they have even more views now. Yeah. But if you're like Mangiano's, like all of a sudden. Oh, I'd do it in a heartbeat if I was Mangiano's. Yeah, I, I just like, don't know if they can afford it. Yeah. They can, so, so yeah. That's the, the question. But yeah. Like, that pure view with the sunset like all of us like so 
I don't know what that would cost them, right? You know, because like Slay, like because you got the tables outside, but you're not you're, you're not in an area where you can really see. Anything, but yeah. it's nice. But I mean, eating outside is always a huge coup, right? Being, yeah, like, and especially when it's August and it's actually nice out and it's like beautiful. And when you, you lived can... in New York, I had the same thing where there were certain restaurants you you, you would have this pass where like you go to like the park and you could mm-hmm. just, just like and you would have lunch outside, you have dinner outside, you yeah, have fresh air, and you like it was something about that. And it's like just talking to different people, like. This, uh, the politicians here don't understand that sometimes. And it's like, they've been a little bit hard and I'm I'm wondering because they've been helpful with the pandemic for them to get back on their feet. But like post pandemic, I'd be curious, like, Hey, this is a great thing for the community. Right. And we got, we got Uber and Lyft. Like we don't, I mean, obviously this is like a prime parking spot, but just having our seats go, so we're not going to block the street, but just having our, like, you know. Extending them. Extending them, right. like, outside dining. Like, yeah. I think they can make that up. Also. I mean, I would, yeah. Again, this is all futuristic talk mm-hmm. kind of thing, but, like, I would I would love to see that because, like, yeah. you know I'm always pro-restaurant. Yeah. So, um, and even, like, where I work, um, which is a members-only club, that he put – tables and chairs um where the parking area is yeah. for him yeah. and um it's been it's been huge like we've had people like go to the pokey stand and go and sit and eat mm-hmm. we've had people that are actually members with families um on a nice day sit there and like enjoy their dinner yeah. or, or enjoy their dude i've done full dinner service out there um so you know it's 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 awesome for them. Good for them for being able to do that and i think yeah. that that's something that should definitely stay. The unfortunate part is that like you know, how are you going to fix the parking situation and stuff yeah. like that? But we'll, you know, again, we'll see. You never, you never know. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the we'll see, um, you still didn't answer my question. So what do you think about, uh, so what about the college sports? Let's go back. Here's the unique thing about college sports. If it's not safe for the general student population to return to campus, it would be very hypocritical to say these student athletes can come back. We already know it is <laughs> the whole concept of student and athlete is ridiculous because it's like a multi-billion dollar, not million, multi-billion yeah. dollar business. So right. there will be a college football season. Why will there be a college football season? College football needs to happen to support a lot of other things that the school wants to do, not only in sports, but like outside of sports. And so right. if you're in um, Alabama, if you're in Clemson, if you're at USC, even for example, which they didn't. So not only has USC said there will be a season, USC said there will be some fans. As, as of this taping, USC has not only said there will be a, a football season at the Coliseum, there will be some fans at the Coliseum. And well, okay, I did not hear that. Yeah. That, What's that the capacity out. for that? Are they doing like 25%? Are they going to do 30 Because yeah. a lot of oh. – well, I made a joke that kind of went over well. I said I think they were already expecting reduced capacity when they brought back Clay Helton. <laughs> seriously folks we got a great show lined up for you tonight no, tip but, your tip your servers yeah, exactly. tip your bartender so, i mean they're gonna have fans there are they so here's the interesting thing when you have a stadium like the coliseum now that has suites and club seats you can do socially distanced fans and obviously money All but the coliseum doesn't have is, that they, they do now Oh, okay. They did expand. Okay. Okay. They did expand that. So what we found out during this whole pandemic is things are like opening up because of money. And so I guarantee you folks who are listening right now, SoFi Stadium, this is just a prediction. I don't know this for a fact. Cowboy Stadium, whatnot. If you have a suite, I have a good feeling you'll be able to go to those games. As long as you're wearing a mask, as long as you're technically social distancing, if you paid a premium to get a suite or a club seat, I think you're at the top of that list of people who are like, okay, you can come in, mm-hmm. keep six feet apart, mm-hmm. wear your mask or whatever. I bet you you can go. I think the same will be true at the Coliseum this year if you bought a suite because they do not want to refund any no. suite or club seat purchases. They just have to find a way to like keep them distant. Well, especially with the new lines. stadiums too, like you said with SoFi, like oh, the, wh- they're gonna, they're already losing a ton. But oh, so much money! As long as they can keep those PSLs, as long as they can keep you know something. But my goodness, if you're in Las Vegas and you're a suite holder and you're a club seat holder, 
my guess is you'll be able to go. My guess is that if you haven't gotten a ticket and you're hoping to get them at Ticketmaster, that's not going to happen for you this year. Okay. But I bet you if you're a, a high-end, when I say high-end, club seat, suite holder, PSL, you're going to be able to watch a live football game this year. That's interesting because you and Mason in Ireland have the exact same theory. Ah, so I am obsessed. Like I'm obsessed with Tony Kornheiser. He's my he's <laughs> I love that. he's my favorite, one of my favorite journalists. Yeah. You know, other than Arash, um, <laughs> but he's one of my favorite journalists yeah. that I've 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 adamantly like you know read his columns when he was working for the Washington yeah. Post, and then when he got into BTI, I was like even better. Like I just love Kornheiser, but. Mason and Ireland come like maybe like a close okay. like fifth. They're like they're in the top five. Um and so my number two behind Tony Yeah, you're number two. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um so uh, Mason and Ireland came up with the exact same like a very similar mm-hmm. thing where like if you pay a premium, yeah. they came up with like a a possible, you know, like um this is probably in the very beginning stages of uh uh, the pandemic. And they said, if you paid a premium, would the NFL, NBA, et cetera, whatever, allot you to come because they do have suites. They do have, you know, certain, yeah. like, so if you paid X amount of dollars, you know, and it was like the ultra premium price, sure. would they allot you to come in and, and watch the game, be social distance, be whatever, you know, requirements are necessary to, to watch. Yeah. So you kind of just came up with the same thing. Like you're going to basically, well, you're, and I think it's two parts. It's like number one, they need money, right? Just of course, and of so, course. So if you're if you're the type of person that would pay a premium for a suite or a club seat or something like that, mm-hmm. that's number one. Number two, generally speaking, if you're in a suite, you're like at a restaurant where you're only going to invite, let's just say six six people into your suite. You can socially distance now. No one's there with like a ruler, but like again, as long as you're wearing a mask, six feet apart, you can be in a suite. You can be in cl- club seats. What you can't have is a, a GA situation where you have a hundred thousand people. I get that, right? But as long as I think what these teams can do in the short term, and again, this is not the new normal; it's the new temporary normal that they can accommodate the the PSL holder, mm-hmm. the suite holder, the club seat holder. And for those that are foreign that don't know what PSL yeah. is. Personal uh, seat license, which yeah. means I'm paying the premium for the, and this sounds crazy, but I'm paying to acquire the seat. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these stadiums, this, those suites are so popular that you not only have to pay for the, the suite, I'm paying, I'm paying rent on that. So I'm, right. I'm paying. So those are the people that they want to keep happy. Those are the people that they don't want to say you can't come to a game. Like if if they're told by state and local government that they could have like an X amount of people, those people are at the front of the line. Right. All right, party people from the sports bar. It is game time with the Rajmar Kazi. I couldn't have thought of a better introduction to game time um, than that Chicago Bulls intro. Did you watch the last dance? Did you watch them like religiously? Oh, religiously. <laughs> religiously. Everyone got like six million views and everyone's like wondering like, who's going to watch sports? I'm like, the, the, the documentary from the 98 Bulls uh, was like 6 million views. Oh my gosh. Well, and also, <laughs> I loved it. It was fantastic. But also, like, that's how much we're starved for sports we right sports. now. We need sports. We yeah. Need yeah. So, you know, some people need to get off their high horse and just let us <laughs> let us have sports. Exactly. Just putting that out there. You know, take it for what what you want to take it for. Um, all right. It is game time. And Arash is always awesome because he wants to play every single one of the games. Um but this time I'm actually going to give you just two options. Okay. okay. So I think, the, I believe the last time that you were on the sports bar, that you were on this podcast, you did everything. You literally did like the two games that I wanted to do. Um, so I'm going to give you an option. We're going to do fact or fiction. 
again, rules of the game. I'm going to give you for the public that doesn't know, and you're listening to this for the first time because you wanted to listen to Arash's second episode. Um, I'm going to give Arash three statements. Two of the three statements are true. One of them is false. Arash has to guess which one of these statements is the false statement. For every incorrect answer you make, you drink. But for every correct answer you make, I drink. Um, all these statements are catered to your background. I mean, you have a sports background, so it doesn't really matter. Like, um, some of them, however, have to do with like music or they'll have to do with, you know, pop culture or whatever. So like, it's an all around thing, but it'll be your, um, your era of music, your whatever, your era of comedy, et cetera. Um, there are normally up to eight rounds. I believe I only gave you six in this one. So, um, if you choose this, good luck. Um, also every guest gets one lifeline. So you, you oh, get a one. So if you wanted to call someone, you're more than welcome to, or you can, or you can Google it. Oh, okay. 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 Um, okay. Game number two, your option for game number two is three minutes or in heaven or hell. And it depends how you view it. Um, or it could be known as rapid fire. Um, these are based off of kind of Ellen's burning questions. If you've ever watched that segment, she like interviews, uh, celebrities and they have three minutes to answer like these burning questions but i added a twist to it so the rules of this game i'm going to give you three minutes of rapid fire questions you have to answer but for every answer that you don't want to give you have to normally you would rip a shot but we're drinking wine because we're classy um yeah this is our tradition we always have a bottle of wine with with one another (laughs) or or three whatever no judgment on on the sports bar, um, so you just have to you just have to sip on your wine if you don't want to answer the question. Let's do that one. That'd yeah. So all right. All right. It might get dangerous. All right. You might. You. We might. Let's just leave this. Let's leave the bottle open. <laughs> let's leave the bottle open. Okay. Um, uh, the timer will not start until I ask the first question. Okay. Okay. All right. What is the one thing that you've tried? That you are never gonna do again, and go. Uh, be a head coach of a team. I did like a youth, like so. I think I could teach a class, but uh, to be like the head coach, I think I could be like the 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 assistant coach. So I've done both, done head coach and assistant coach. I like the assistant coach more because like I'm more the the players coach. You know, you you need a good. Cop You're more of the Pete Carroll of the need, yeah, a good cop and a bad cop. Right. And so I am like the good cop, and so I um. You know, to be like the Bill Parcells or whatever, like that's not me. Right. I think I'm more like the, hey, listen, here's what coach is trying to tell you. Right. Like, I'm, I would be a heck of a offensive coordinator, Aww. defensive coordinator, assistant coach, put my like arm around a kid and be like, okay, so this is what coach is trying to tell you. You could do this. Um, so that's just like my personality. Oh, I, that's I so don't sweet. Think I'm a head coach, which is actually good to, you know. Yeah, no, that's a child, consistent job. I love him so much. We've had that conversation before about just, you know, I think I think he was the best offensive coordinator of all time. I think he would admit he was not a great head coach. Right. That's fine. That's fine. Like, he is tutored Philip Rivers, like Carson <laughs> Palmer, Matt Liner, multiple yeah. Heisman Trophy winners. There are some people who are just really good at working with specific positions and spe- specific um, side of the ball, whether it's football or basketball, or whatever, like offense or d- defense. So, um, yeah, I would not be a, a head coach of, <laughs> of a team. Okay, next question. Yes. What's your first celebrity crush? Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. And we actually danced briefly, ever so briefly, and she would never remember it because who the heck am I, at a Wango Tango at Dodger Stadium because I was working for Kiss FM at the time. No way! Oh my god, that's so cute. Yeah, I don't blame you on that. Um, she is gorgeous. Um, what did your parents do that was the most embarrassing to you while you were growing up? That's a great question. They never did anything embarrassing. I know your parents are so sweet. <laughs> they are great. I mean, they're, they're so very sweet. like understanding. They are. For, I mean, they're so. You know what? I would really have to think about it, which was really great because, like, they would never do anything that would embarrass me. No. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to say nothing or nothing? pass or, yeah. No, know. you can just say nothing. That's yeah. fine. That's still an answer. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is going to be a tough one. Favorite sports moment of all time? Because I know there's multiple. 
That is a tough one. Uh, favorite sports moment of all time. Um, I'm only going to bring this up because we. This is the ten year of anniversary of when the when the Lakers beat the Celtics. Oh, at, in that's a good one. NBA Finals, and I I bring that up only because like I was just like there was such a significant moment in time for the Lakers and the Clippers. The Lakers and the Celtics. Right. When you talk about that rivalry. And it's the third quarter, and the Lakers are down by 10. And I'm like, are they really going to lose Game 7 at home to, to this team? So that is up there. Um, man, I, I know there's probably more significant oh. that I've had, but that is up there. Okay, so the timer is already no, off. But, but no, 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 no. But I want to know. <laughs> like, this is personally for me because I grew up, you know, I'm, I'm half Korean, half black, and yeah. this is – something that like I've had a debate with a lot of my non-American growing up friends and you know you grew up Persian and a respect factor for your elders is huge so I'm going to preface it by saying that did you ever um (laughs) do you still call your friend's parents by their last name, or do you call them by their first name? Oh, no, never by their first name. Yeah, right? It's never, really weird. I would never do that. Never call them by first yeah, name. Yeah, it's really... Always Mr. And yep. Mrs. And then, listen, there are some parents, I think, that they want to be younger and say, please call me by. But even then, and I just turned 40, I'm not comfortable with that. So, like, I, yeah, it's always Mr., Mrs., yeah. Okay. Like yeah. So I feel I feel like this is something that like one of my girlfriends would always say it's a it's a foreign raised thing, no. because respect is huge. No, respect is massive, and like I would never in a million years like unless I call them like auntie or if I unless I call them whatever like I would never I'd do the same. I still to this day call my friends like Mr. and Mrs. De Maria or Miss, I, like I call them by their last name. I want them. I want them to be comfortable, mm-hmm. and so I know there are actually more than one example of a friend's parent that like please call me this. And it's like, if, if, if that's comfortable for them, if, if that's what they prefer, or that's what they like, I will, I will do that for them. I'm not right. going to make them feel uncomfortable. Right. So one of my really good friends, moms prefers me to call her by her first name. That's fine. Like, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, perhaps it makes her feel young or whatever the case may be. It right. doesn't matter. Like, I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. My go-to always is, Mr. or Mrs. and you know that's yeah that's how I re- refer to you as and so yeah respect is a big thing as you know in the culture and majority of cultures and so yeah but yeah it's I I uh, but I I always like if, if they don't want to be called that you're not gonna call I'm them not that gonna call them that because yeah. I, I listen if that makes her feel old like I don't want her to feel bad. <laughs> So, Gail, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I will always call you Gail. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so sweet. Gail, you'll always be Gail to me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And with that, the sports bar is out. Gail, no, you'll always be called Gail. This one's for you, Gail. This one's for you, Gail. <laughs> Episode number, um, I think it's like 29, 28, 29. Um, I'm in the top, I've been two times in the top 30. Yeah, 30, 30, 30. yeah. Um, I want to say thank God for COVID, but no. <laughs> can I just say, can I commend you on something that you've done really well? Not one question about Duke. And, you know, <laughs> and I don't know whether I've just opened up a Pandora's box. There's like a Duke player that's kind of in the news. And like, you did not even bring up one. I didn't. Question. So I didn't, I mean, maybe I've opened up a Pandora's box, but I just wanted to commend you because when I was on <laughs> the first time, you brought in a Los Angeles sports reporter who was born and raised and like loves Los Angeles. And I don't know that much about Duke. I think I don't want to say half the question, but there was like a couple of Duke. There was like more than a couple of Duke questions. I have had no Duke questions, so I, I don't you know have that. had yeah. I, I don't you know, know that's opened up something for Duke questions, but that was like I was like okay, no Duke questions today. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, we can talk about that right now. We don't have to end the podcast. We can keep going. I think I do think we have an NBA season. I'm happy that it's not just the 16 playoff teams that that were in place because. That would have prevented another great Duke player, Zion, from being in the playoffs. Because there is an outside chance that Zion, well, at the very least, we're going to see him during this re-upped or restarted NBA season. But there's a chance he can make the playoffs. And so, like, I I want to see that. I would love to see that. So you brought up, he's probably in the, he's in my top five. 
Zion is in my top five. Okay, so top five of what? Like just of Duke players. No, 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 of Duke players. Of Duke players. Wait, can you can you tell me who your top five is? Yeah. Um, I it's definitely Leitner and Hurley. It's that's yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And then um, Zion's probably in there. I think RJ doesn't get enough credit, but he's not in the top five. Um. Would it be G Hill? Okay. Um, so he, only because I so I covered him at the end of his career with the Clippers, and he was like one of the most fun guys to cover. He's actually so re- like, like older guys at the end of their careers in the NBA because you get that the pre locker room access, and no one's <laughs> in there except for the guy who's been there forever. I'll give you a quick example: Carl Malone with the Lakers. We oh, became, I gotta hear this. We became, I like, love this and Carl Malone, like, dude. Like, the, like he invited me to go fishing with him. Like I mean, like. I mean, Jamal Crawford, Carl Malone, Grant Hill. Um, I'm trying to think who, who else. Like, just like the old guy at the end of their career in the NBA, and you become connected with them because you go into that locker room pregame, and there's mm. no one else there except for the old guy. And they're look, just looking to just talk. Yeah. So imagine during the course of a season, I'm developing a relationship with one of the guy who finished number two. I mean, currently number two in all-time point score, Carl Malone. It's like, I mean, it was incredible to me. And so, um, which is interesting because you're being from LA, yeah. you're not supposed to like the Jazz. Well, but then you know he signs with the Lakers, and at least he had for the one year, yeah. Foresight, or like, like, yeah. I'm not going to take number thirty-two because Magic was like, you can take number thirty-two. And I was like. Carl, I know Magic told you it's okay to take. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Any other number. Be the better man. Yeah. So, um, that pregame access for the majority of teams, it's like it's it's worthless. No one's ever in there. And by the way, just going to the whole COVID thing, I don't know when we'll be able to step into a locker room again. Yeah. At some point in time, we'll have a vaccine and a drug, but I think it'll be at least a year or two before reporters can step into the locker room and things like that. Right. But yeah. But um, so going back to my top five. So what did I say? I said Leitner. I said Hurley. Hurley. um, Zion. Zion. For sure. Um, Just because he's so charismatic. And if you know. So I'd probably. Does Coach K count as a player? Because technically. Damn. Damn. He's at the, the top of the. The list, right? I mean that, the, the, and two no, players, but, other players. but that's the that's the main reason why I Coach K? became a Duke sure. fan well, was because sense. of Coach K. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess if you, I'm assuming G Hill's not one of them. That's He's not. Um, Shane Battier actually Watch was Battier. one of my favorite players during my college time. Um, yeah. Oh, dude. He just, he was just, he, you know, he just exuded like he was there all four years. What do you think of guys who like smack the court before? Oh, Duke tradition, baby. Duke tradition. All about that brotherhood. Duke tradition. Because that fires you up. That fires you. No, but you know what? I get why it would look douchey. I get why it would look douchey to other people, but like. I know. Uh, oh, the flopping? Come on, well, we created the flopping. Okay, so can I tell you? You know who one of my favorites? So I brought up Grant Hill. Okay. My favorite player to cover, and I'd be curious if he makes your top five. Favorite player. I mean, the only reason why I would give him the in the top five is because he made okay, no, because he made that pass. Grant Hill. There's another player on the Clippers who was my favorite player to cover from Duke who I Maggetti? No, no, no. Okay. Um, damn. No, so everyone hated Christian Leitner, but they really also hated this guy as well. I mean, really did not like this guy. Was it McCutty? It wasn't all time great Dookie on the Clippers. You're just gonna have to cave and tell me. Yeah, just please. JJ Red. Oh yeah, I can't stand him. Whoa! Yeah, he can freaking suck it. Even, wait, no, even... he can suck it. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Wait, you're but you're a Duke fan. Yeah, no. Um, I have a re- I have a reason. Uh, I'm sure he's great to media, and uh, I'm sure he's great uh, to everybody else. But yeah, no, I'm no, I'm good. Um, 
Yes. It's one of the same reasons why I don't... Actually, it's not one of the same reasons why I don't like Blake Griffin. Um, But no. No. I no on JJ. Um, But a great player. Like, when he went to Orlando... Yeah. When he went to Orlando and then he... Um, knew he finally figured out holy crap I can't rely on my three point shot and he eventually got an overall game like respect on that I don't hate him as a player I just don't like him as a person makes sense no there's nothing that needs to be said and I've heard that from other people yeah uh, yeah and yeah and I will totally take this out of post um yeah no dude trust me but when he was at Duke I loved him you know actually speaking of that Put this in my top five, and yeah. you're going to be floored. Okay. Grayson Allen, you can put wow. him in my top five. I love that kid because he he did not have the advantages that other people think he had. It. Yeah. Um. He also has an amazing story where, like, they his family adopted this kid who, um, you know, whose parents just financially could not provide for him and like yeah. just couldn't be there. And then like he would constantly like tag along with Grayson, and they were best friends. Not not really an athletic bone in his body or anything yeah. like that, but they were just friends. And Grayson is not one of those guys that's like very socially outgoing and like makes lots of friends. Like basketball was definitely the outlet for that. But this kid has been there for him since day one. Yeah. Like has just been his best friend, and he, um, like has taken like when he was at Duke, he like was like, hey, come to my games. Like when you you know if you have a break, like mm-hmm. I'll get you a ticket, and you and your one of your friends can like come to the game yeah. or whatever. He has a sense of loyalty that's amazing. He has a sense of, you know, leadership that's great. Um, yes, he has like certain tendencies that are not admirable, and like he's been, but he's also been picked on his whole entire life. Is this yeah. an excuse? Hell no. You should. You need to rise above, and you need to figure it out, buddy, because yeah. you're an adult now. Stop tripping people. I don't I condone that kind of behavior. But, but at the same time, he did win that 2015 championship for Absolutely. us. If we yeah. did not have Grayson hitting that last shot, I would have never, we would never have had yeah. that, you know, that championship. We haven't had a championship since, yeah. which sounds horrible and bougie because it's 2020, like boo hoo. There are people that haven't had a championship yeah, in over 50 years. years. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it does. It really does. Mr. USC. We like yeah. you, you understand these are but these are Duke about? these are Duke expectations these are SC <laughs> expectations you should be having these expectations in your head um and speaking of expectations we expect Araj to be back again I don't know when wow. but I'm excited because I'm Wait, gonna pin you in three times there like, hasn't and you can be the first one yes on my resume of accomplishments, the first three the, the third time guest, third time guest on, on a podcast. Yes. Yeah, on a sports podcast. I would love that. I would love that. I would like, to be honest with you, if I could have a co-host of all time, you could be like the perma co-host. I do like that because I do think we have a good chemistry in yeah. terms of being like, you know, it's not like I'm just being, I'm just talking to someone. Like it's like a co-hosting situation. Yeah. And so, well, and also we also have a genuine friendship. So do. that definitely helps. Yeah. We like red wine. We like yes. Sports. Yes. Um, I think this is the beginning of something great. I like, love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The beginning of an all-time uh, podcasting uh, <laughs> friendship. Great. It's like a Rosh and Jihei. It's gonna, uh, it's just well, gonna, it's gonna be an amazing. The two kids who had like the weird names growing up. As kids, <laughs> like, now they have a sports podcast that's like blowing up the country. I love it. Whatever. I'm so down. <laughs> I'm so down. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Oh, uh, Rosh, thank you so much for coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully we'll have a Rosh on again soon on the yes. sports bar. Yes. Three times, three time MVP, <laughs> three time MVP, three time MVP. Um, again, thank you so much, guys, for listening to Jihei, Wiley, and Arash Marakazi on the Sports Bar. Hopefully soon for the third time. Uh, we out. Deuces. First and foremost, I would like to thank Arash Marakazi for being an amazing two-time and soon-to-be three-time guest on the Sports Bar. And I'd like to thank all the listeners out there for listening on a consistent basis. I'll try to make this more consistent, I swear. I promise due to COVID, it's a little bit rougher to do that. But all in all, again, thank you so much for listening. 
Uh, if you'd like to follow Arash Marakazi uh, from the Los Angeles Times, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter, I believe, at Arash Marakazi. That is A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-I-A-Z-I. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to listen to um, us, we are on the Sports Bars on everything and anywhere you get your podcast. That would be Google, Apple, Spotify, and of course, Anchor, because they let us do this for free. And if you want to follow us on any form of social media, we are on Facebook um, as That Sports Bar, that is capital T-H-A, Sports Bar. We're also on Twitter as Sports Bar Gals, because Twitter sucks, like I always say at the end of every episode, and they wouldn't give us the Sports Bar, so they give us Sports Bar Gals. So please follow us on Twitter and follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is that sports bar, T-H-A, sports bar, all lowercase. Again, thank you so much to Araj Marakazi. Thank you to all the listeners out there. And can't wait to do it again. Also kick back and enjoy and listen to Fly Me to the Moon as we fly Arash out with a little fave of his, some Sinatra from Mr. Old Blue Eyes, Fly Me to the Moon. This is the sports bar with G.A. Wiley and I'm out. Deuces. Fill my heart with song and